Praise the Lord. I'm going to ask James to come now. James is going to share his testimony, what the Lord's done in his life. Amen. Um, yeah, just for anyone that doesn't know me, just as Tim said there, my name's James. Um, I was born into a Christian family and just from an early age would have been sent out to the likes of church and Sunday school, five-day clubs, camps, just really anything that was on. And just from an early age then, about somewhere between the age of four to four to six, I made a profession one Sunday night. Um, I don't know what it was. I can't remember now. Just, you know, if it was a service that night or if it was in Sunday school or I just can't remember. But whenever I got home and got into bed and started asking my brother more questions and next thing he says, do you want me to call dad in? So uh, he called dad in and he says, James wants to get saved. I'd sort of, I'd been asking the questions, but he sort of put me on the spot there. And But I made a profession that night and uh, gave my life to God and went into primary school and primary school was all, it was easy enough, do you know what I mean, to say you're a Christian. It, sort of in my head, I thought everyone was a Christian anyway, but um, that wasn't the way. But yeah, during that time, I wouldn't have really read the Bible or I wouldn't have prayed. I didn't really just have a relationship with God, but you know, I still would have been going to the Sunday school and the children's clubs and just all like all stuff like that there but it became pretty evident then whenever I got into the high school just that I didn't have that relationship and you know I just seen that the things of what everyone else was doing and just wanted to be a part of that and pretty early on I got into the likes of you know the football and the rugby team and stuff like that there and just sort of got involved then with the the wrong crowds um so I would have just been going around doing what they were doing saying what they were saying and even to my own shame, you know, I just would have then, I don't know, I wanted people to, you know, see me as something to, I don't know, try and build myself up, but I would have then just got into the fights and stuff, and um, yeah, just just over that time, just really turned into a bit of a, a horrible person. Um, then on the weekend, I still would have, would have went to church, would have went to the youth fellowship, and I would have been a completely different person again. I would have been... Just would have wanted people there to see that you know I was still a Christian, and but I wouldn't have wanted them to know what I was getting on like in school, and vice versa. I wouldn't have wanted the the ones in school to know that I was going to church and all those there sort of things. Um, yeah, but it says in Matthew chapter six and verse twenty-four, no man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other. Or he will hold the one and despise the other. And then just as I got, got older and you know, maybe around the age of sixteen, seventeen, um I was still just hanging around with those same crowd of people and um started going out then and going to nightclubs and stuff and sort of thought I was great doing that and you know, I was just I was still in the, the wrong crowds obviously at that stage and um uh, I just knew I shouldn't have been there even whenever I was going. I was always sort of worried about maybe seeing someone I knew or just something like that there. Just in the back of my mind, I knew I shouldn't have been going to those places, but I continued to go anyway. And Looking back now, I can just thank God that I actually had something wrong in my liver, so I was never actually able to, to drink or anything because I just knew that would have took me further and further in, the, in my sin and I probably wouldn't have been, been standing here tonight. Um, but at the same time, I probably blinded me a bit to my own sin because I sort of looked around and seen everyone else and 
well, they're drinking, they're doing that. I'm not really doing that, but so in my head, I was still, you know, I wasn't as bad as them. Um, but yeah, the moon shame again. It was just taking me deeper and deeper into sin, and I didn't even realize it. And probably during this time, then I started coming to Val and the Hinch, and um, I was just sort of going just to to keep people happy, really. And I had no interest. I was just sitting there and didn't really listen or anything like that there, and it just would have went over my head. And um, but then. During this time, I still sort of kind of thought I was a Christian, even though I definitely wasn't living like a Christian, definitely had no relationship with God or anything like that there. And um, It says in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 13, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the... Enter th- yeah, sorry. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. And ultimately, I was still living on that broad path leading to destruction. Um. Then there was one night, and, or one day, I can, I can remember Tim saying how he's believing God for 500 souls, and he touched on it again this morning, but um, that sort of stuck with me, and I can remember then going around, going to football training not long after that there, and they were just warming up, but normally during football training, everyone's laughing and, you know, I was having a good time, but that was just going going and going through my head, and I just couldn't, couldn't stop thinking about it, and I knew the life I was living just wasn't really... The right life and it wasn't um I was just being convicted this time but I just continued to put it off um one of the reasons in my head for putting it off was thinking well if it's from from God then Jesus isn't really going to come back then that until these 500 souls are saved um but yeah this is just clearly a life in the devil because I was thinking I still had time but it says in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 36. But the day and the hour no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Mm-hmm. And then just in Proverbs 27 and verse 1. Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring. Mm-hmm. And I was just still thinking, you know, I had time. Nothing's going to really happen to me. I'm young and nothing's going to happen. So I can just continue to put this off. And because of that lie, I just... Just kept that with me, um, even though I was feeling convicted at the time. Then not long after that, there Tim was Tim was preaching one night and just feeling convicted again. And Tim had made an appeal at the end of end of that service, um, and all I could think about at that time was, if Jesus was to come back right now, I'm not ready to go, and I was going to be going to going to hell, going to a lost eternity. Um, he then made a final appeal, but I still never put my hand up or done anything. And then he said, there's maybe maybe a backslider here of 10 years, 20 years. And that time I was 20 and I just knew God was speaking to me. And it was in that night on the 23rd of October, 2016, I asked God to come into my heart and forgive me from his sins. Um, it's nearly been three years now since, since that night. And there's been so many times I've let God down and done things I shouldn't have done still. and But he hasn't let me down. He's been faithful throughout those years. And the past two years, I went on mission trips to Bulgaria. And those times, um, I was taking like football camps and stuff like that there. And those two years, there's been nine, 
nine young ones come to the Lord and just seeing God move over there and what he's done in those those uh, missionaries and stuff over there that are there full time and then even in my own life and just as I wasn't doing those things you know God had taken away those desires of going out and doing those things and just then friends sort of started leaving me and you know wouldn't really have bothered with me as much but even at that time then God had just brought Emma into the church and saved her and and now we're planning for a wedding and <laughs> it's all moved pretty quick but uh, just God's been good throughout those years and just to close says in Hebrews um, I will never, never leave you nor forsake you and that's just been so true over, over the past three years Amen that was just wonderful to hear uh, what the Lord's done in James's life what he is doing and uh, bringing them together with Emma and as they are going to get married soon uh, praise the Lord the Lord's a great plan for their lives and they're building their lives upon the lord jesus christ that rock and it's just a, it's just wonderful to see the amazing grace of god working in his life and how god works in lives and speaking to people and uh, you know if god's speaking to your heart tonight and you're not saved or you're backslidden and god's speaking to you you know the bible says today if you hear his voice you can hear the voice of jesus you can hear his voice in your heart speaking to you and drawing you to himself Today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Don't turn away. But today is the day of salvation. Give your life to him. So we rejoice with James tonight as he goes through uh, the waters. Just for a few minutes, just to read from Luke chapter 17. Just honestly, just about 10 minutes or so here. And uh, we'll just turn to God's word. Luke chapter 17 and verse 11. Luke chapter 17 and verse 11. Fathers, we turn to your word give you thanks for this wonderful testimony of your saving and keeping power. And Lord, we pray as we turn to your word just for these few moments tonight, Lord, that you would speak in the hearts and in the lives tonight. If there be one that does not know you, one that's far from you, that you would warm their hearts, draw them to yourself, glorify your son in this meeting tonight. Bless your word. Anointed, we pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Luke 17 and verse 11. And it came to pass, as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass, as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God, fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answered, said, were there not ten cleansed? But were the nine? There are not found that returned to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, arise, go thy way. Thy faith has made the whole. You know, just for a few moments, this wonderful account of the Lord Jesus Christ entering into this certain village, and here we come across ten, ten, ten men. The Bible says very simply that they were lepers. It did not categorize who was the worst off. It just simply said all ten were lepers. 
And here we see in this story as the Lord comes, enters into this village, there are some things about these men that I just want to point out to you tonight very briefly as we come to a close. These men stood, we see that they stand afar off because of their leprosy. You see, leprosy is an awful disease. I don't know whether anyone here has ever maybe seen certainly a picture of someone with leprosy or perhaps some have been in foreign fields and have come across a leper's village. Many years ago, I've shared it before, um, we entered into a leper's village in India. We'd gone to take uh, a little gospel mission there. And as we're driving along in the Jeep, uh, we're with Pastor Dupte, and the clouds began to roll over. It was uh, all of a sudden there was a thunderstorm coming in. And as we're driving along in the Jeep and the and the, these rocky roads, and Pastor Dupte, with that smile on his face, would turn around and he smiled with the broadest smile, and he says, the devil's not happy. And as the clouds began to get black, and as the rain began to come down, he says, the devil doesn't want this gospel preached. We drove into this little uh, leper's village, and we gathered into this little church, we small uh, concrete church, and we come into this church, and then all these little people, these precious people started to gather in into this little church hall. And it was a leper's colony. So leprosy affects the, the digits, the fingers, the toes, the nose. It affects your eyesight. You can become blind. Your nerve ends. You lose the sense of touch and sense of feeling. And that night as the electric went out and we're sitting in this little hall, this wee concrete hall in the middle of India, in this little leper's village, and the gospel was preached. That's the night the pastor of the church could see him. Praise the Lord, there's hope for pastors. He had just become a nominal Christian. He'd just been told that you're a Christian when he was born, but he'd never come to know. He'd never had a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't be saved because your mummy and daddy are saved or your granny and granda are saved. That's a great thing, but you can only be saved through a personal encounter and relationship with Jesus. And all these wee precious saints gathered in that night and you've seen their wee hands and their faces distorted and their, and their wee feet. And, but yet that night, brothers and sisters, as the gospel went forth, we've seen so many of them come about their faith and their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. But leprosy, leprosy is like sin. These ten men had leprosy and leprosy is like sin. It has a devastating effect upon a life. You see, all ten, all ten were lepers. Let me tell you something tonight, just about every person that's in this room, every person, the Bible says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. God doesn't grade sin. He's a really bad sinner. He's not so bad. As James shared tonight in that testimony that he wasn't as bad as someone else, but the Bible makes it so clear we're all sinners. And we're all in need of a savior. But sin has a devastating, just like leprosy, has a devastating effect in a life. It destroys lives. As that leprosy would eat into the bones and into the joints, what happens is they begin to lose the sense of touch. They begin to go blind. They begin, that's what sin does. It brings you to a place where you have no sense of touch or feeling and it blinds you. Not only that, we see in the story that the ten men stood afar off. Sin not only destroys your life, but sin also separates you. The Bible says that sin separates us from God. 
in that He will not hear us. So sin not only devastates our lives, sin also separates us from God. But lastly, you know, leprosy, they can find a cure for it today, thank God. But here's something different, different between leprosy and sin. Sin damns your soul. It destroys your life. It separates you from God. But the effects of sin, listen, damns your eternal soul. You know, you can search, and we have an amazing advancement with medicines today. We hear all the breakthroughs of cures that they're finding for all manners of diseases. But you can search through every hospital ward, every surgery. You can go private. You can talk to every consultant, doctor, nurse, and every specialist in this world, but you will never find on this planet in any surgery or hospital a cure that man has for sin. The only place that you'll find a cure for sin is in the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. We've sung about it tonight. And as Jesus enters into this village these ten men begin to cry out. They recognize that they're in need. You see, friend, tonight if you're not saved, if you're in this place and you don't know Jesus as your own and personal Savior, if you haven't been washed in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, if something within your heart is being awakened tonight by the power of the Spirit of God, because when the Holy Spirit comes, He'll convict the world of sin, the disease that we have that destroys our lives, that separates us from God and ultimately will damn our souls. It's an awful disease, but there's an answer and there's a cure, and His name's Jesus Christ. That's why He died on the cross. That's why He shed His precious blood. It's for our sins. And the power of the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us when we confess from all our sin, delivers us from the power of sin, and delivers us from the penalty of sin, which is eternal hell without hope and without Christ. And these men recognize, you see, do you recognize your need? Do you recognize you're a sinner? Do you recognize the effects of sin? Do you recognize the consequences of sin separating and damning you? These men recognized they had a need. And when Jesus came, they lifted up their voices and cried, Lord, Master, would you have mercy? Thank God there's mercy with Jesus. Thank God Jesus came into the world on a mercy mission to show us mercy. Many people need mercy. Praise the Lord. Many people have received mercy. Great, isn't it? Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty. We're at, at Calvary. And these men cry out for mercy. And the Lord says, go show yourselves to the priest. And they all obeyed the commandment of the Lord. Now, listen carefully. As they all went in obedience to God's word, you can see the ten men. You can see these lepers as they're walking in obedience to God's word. And if you've seen these, how the disfigurement that comes with leprosy, I can just imagine them as they're walking along that, 
that dusty path towards the priest in obedience to God's word, suddenly their hands, their hands become the work. Their fingers begin to go straight. Their eyes begin to open up. They begin to see clearly. Their feet begin and their toes. Everything starts to work. And suddenly they realize that the power of God has come upon their bodies. And now they're walking and they're leaping and they're rejoicing. We're cleansed. Isn't it wonderful what God can do? God can cleanse us from our diseases. There's a man sitting here tonight that's been cleansed from cancer. One cleansed from epilepsy. Sister Leanne cleansed from her disease. Isn't God a wonderful healer? It's real. Now as they begin to look and they experience the power of God that has cleansed them, and they begin to talk, do you feel your hands? Can you see again? You can must imagine it in your mind's eye as they look to each other and experience the power of God in their bodies. God has cleansed them. Their arms are working. Their legs are working. Their fingers are working. Their toes are working. They can see again, and they're rejoicing. And the power of God comes through those bodies. And one of them stops. You see... We believe in this room and know it to be true because God's word, number one, tells us and number two, because it's a living reality that he's a healer of all diseases. Oh, yes, he is. It's a reality because God's word tells us that. Number two, because we see the reality of it even in our midst. He's a wonderful healer. Friends, let me tell you and ask you something tonight. There's a greater healing that's needed than the healing, and Stephen knows this, of cancer. Because you could be healed of your disease and die with never having the greatest disease that everybody has healed. You can die of your sin and in your sin. What an awful thing that would be. One man out of the ten suddenly realizes, boy, my f- I've been healed. I've been touched by the power of God. I need to get back to this man, Jesus. Now, this is important that he did. We find this man falling upon his knees at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ, and he worships him, and he thanks him that God has cleansed him of leprosy. What does Jesus say? Where's the other nine? Was there not ten? Where's the other nine? Then he looks to this man. This is what he says. And this is important. This is what he says. Thy faith has made you, what does he say? Oh. Listen carefully. They were all cleansed. That means they all were healed of their disease. But only one out of the ten was made whole. What does the word whole mean? This is what it means. It means only one was rescued. That's what it means. Let me ask you tonight, friend. You may have experienced even a touch of God in your life as an unsaved person. You may have experienced and seen God do miraculous things. But let me ask you very simply tonight. Has he rescued your soul? Has he rescued your soul? This man at the feet of Jesus thanks the Lord. And Jesus said, Arise, go thy way. Your faith 
has made you whole. If you're in this room tonight, very simply, we're all sinners. Sin destroys lives. The Bible says the thief comes but for to steal, to kill, and destroy. Jesus has come that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Sin destroys lives. You know, you may not be, as James said tonight, that he wasn't able to drink and different things like that. You may not be a really bad sinner, but note that the sins or the lepers weren't graded one to ten. They were simply all sinners. You see, you could be on the clean side. People talk about it, of the broad road. It could be your respectability. It could be your pride. It could be your self-righteousness. It could be that you're looking at town and looking at others on the dirty side of the road and say, well, I'm just not like him. But let me tell you something, friends. We're all sinners in need of a Savior. Sin destroys lives. Number two, sin separates. Separates us from God. Number three, sin damns our soul. It's sin that will take you to a lost eternity. But tonight, Christ is here. He's full of mercy. He's full of grace. And he bids people to come to his feet that their souls would be rescued. Isn't it great to be rescued? Isn't it great to be saved? To give your life to the Lord, to put your faith in him, to turn from your sin and to know of this great salvation. God's speaking to you tonight. Don't leave this place until you get right with him. And we give the Lord the glory tonight for all that he's done. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you tonight for the great work that you did on the cross. We thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you that the answer is in the blood. We thank you for the power, the wonder-working power that's in the blood to cleanse us from all sin. Lord, we pray tonight if there's one that does not know you, one like the leopard that's afar off, Lord, that they would lift their voice, that they would cry, that you would show mercy, and that you would rescue them from their sin. Thank you, Lord, that your arm is not too short, it cannot save. Your ear not too heavy, that it cannot hear. So, Lord, tonight we pray as we come to the close of this service, Lord, that you would continue to speak to people, speak to hearts, speak to men, speak to women, speak to young people, boys and girls. Lord, draw them to yourself, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.